Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast. I'm Haley Luckadoo, educator, website designer, wedding planner, and big dreamer who took a hobby business born out of a college dorm room and turned it into a successful multi-business empire. I run on hard work and Dr. Pepper, and if it comes in pink, you better believe I want it. This podcast is for women in almost any industry who want the resources and inspiration to do what sets their soul on fire. I'll interview women who are exceptional at what they do to bring you the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed and to create the life you dream of. It's time for another episode of Females on Fire, and we are so excited that you're here. Today, I have an amazing guest on, you guys. She is a best-selling author, which is so cool, and I actually met her at Camp Climb last August, so I heard her story and got to talking with her a little bit and just absolutely loved what she does and the inspiration that I know she is going to bring you guys. So her name is Janae Cecilia, and we are so excited for her to share her story with you today. So Janae, thank you so much for just giving us a little bit of your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We're very excited. So start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your books and how you got into writing and just your whole story. Sure. So I've been writing pretty much my entire life. Like, fiction stuff I used to do when I was in elementary school. And then in high school, I wrote a lot of fiction, but I started writing more poetry slash quotes um, later on in high school. And I just developed a collection of writing essentially. And as I got into college, I started using Tumblr a lot, which I don't think anyone (laughs) uses anymore, but I posted a lot of my poems on there and people really liked it and reposted it. Um, And that was kind of when Instagram had just started. So no one was really using that to promote writing. And then a couple of years later, I started following some poets themselves on Instagram. And I realized, you know, instead of taking pictures of their food or their life, they were just sharing poems on their Instagram, which I hadn't ever seen anyone do. And there was probably only a handful of people I could find doing it. So at the end of 2015, I decided to make my Instagram solely about being a writer and what it's like, you know, putting my work out there, having people critique it, things like that. And so I started sharing and I got a little bit of an audience, but nothing crazy. I probably gained around, I don't know, maybe like 100 followers from people that were interested in my writing. And then a couple months later, I decided that I was going to publish Um, the poetry that I had written over the years into a poetry book. Um, And I had no idea how to go about doing it. I at first wanted to, like most authors, um, I wanted to get under the name of like a publishing house, like a big publishing house in order to get my book out there. And then I one day was just like typing online, kind of figuring, trying to figure out, you know, how could I do this myself if nobody is wanting to take on my book. And I discovered this site called createspace.com, which is a self-publishing 
platform. It actually no longer exists. It was bought out by Amazon, kind of like everything else Amazon gets. <laughs> Amazon buys everything. But um, so they were bought out by Amazon KDP. And I use that site to publish my book. Um, I used everything on there is free. So you could honestly create a book from scratch and not have to pay a penny for it. They had a way for you to make a cover, a way for you to design the interior. Uh, all you had, all you needed were the words to put in the book. But I actually outsourced and hired a cover designer to do my work for me just because I knew like the one important thing was the cover. And I put out my book. It was April of 2016. I priced it at like $19. And then it was like crickets. Like no one was buying it other than my family members and a couple of close friends. And five or six months passed. Uh, and I was kind of like discouraged because I really wanted this book in people's hands. And so I started diving into, you know, how can I really get my name out there since no one even knew who I was and wh what methods would it take to do that? And so I came up with this idea that I was going to only write a like a chat book. So it's a really short book, 70 pages. I was going to price it at the lowest price I could make it, which was $5.50. And I was just going to basically put it out there. So I had a way to get my words out there and people weren't investing a lot of money um, if they didn't like it. And so I came up with Uncaged Wallflower, which is now my best selling book. And in the first month, I remember it sold, I think like a hundred copies, which was huge for me because I had, I hadn't even sold a hundred copies of my other book and it had been out for a few months. And after that, it just took off. And I remember February was the first month that I hit a thousand books being sold in one month. And I realized, wow, like this little side hobby that I wanted of just, you know, putting out books in the world and having some inspiration for people was becoming way more than a side hobby. And what ended up happening was, is because un people were buying Uncaged Wallflower, they now were going back and buying my first book, Bright Minds, Empty Souls because they wanted to read my other work. And so the book that once was only selling like one a month now started building up momentum as well. And so since then I have published a total of six books, one of which is an extended edition off Uncaged Wallflower. So five independent titles, but each one has done really well ever since. I'm still self-publishing. I I'm kind of dabbling in the idea of getting a publisher, but I also am just so happy with what I've been able to do on my own that I, you know, I, I have nothing but great things to say about self-publishing. And it's something that I, you know, if there's anybody out there who really is looking to write a book, like I would definitely recommend it. So, yeah. That's awesome. It's so cool. I love it. Thanks. So why poetry? I mean, you know, you said that you kind of dabbled in, in fiction in the beginning and, and things like that. Why did you settle on poetry and what are a lot of your poems about? Yeah. So for me, I was, I always wanted to write a book. I knew that. And the reason I changed from wanting to do fiction to doing poetry was I honestly, at first I just didn't have the patience <laughs> to write a fiction book because it takes a lot of time and effort and like you're, it's one cohesive story versus each poem is its own story. And so I kind of just really liked the idea of having, you know, depending on how long the book is, like 200 separate little stories within each poem. And yeah, I really like doing inspirational poetry. So 
a lot of the times poetry I feel like kind of has like a stigma of being like people's sad thoughts or you know negative and I really wanted to take a twist and just do more of the positive which all of my books except Bright Minds Empty Souls Bright Minds Empty Souls is my first book and that one is kind of more of like the negative dreary book um and after writing that I realized you know what I want to put good out into this world and I want to inspire people to better themselves and better their lives and so then that's why I kind of changed my theme of my writing to inspirational I love it it's so good thanks so you've talked about how you know you've battled with anxiety and I know a few of your poems are about that and a lot about self-love can you sort of just talk about your journey with those issues and maybe what your advice is to other women who are struggling with that too yeah, so I, that's a really good question. So my book, I Am More Than My Nightmares, is all centered around having anxiety, like my journey with having it and kind of how I've not overcome it because it's still something that I battle with, um, not daily, but more frequently than I would like. And that was a book that I wrote out of my reader's request because I was talking a lot about anxiety on my social media and uh, what it was like living with it and specifically like social anxiety where it's like even doing something like this like a podcast would like in the past I would have probably said no because I would have just been so worried and in my head and concerned about like all these things that could go wrong versus like all these things that could like the great things that could come from it and so I was for a long time letting anxiety you know control my life in a way that it just I didn't feel like I was being my true self. And that was, that started like probably middle school into high school and then got really bad in high school and early college. And it's just something that when I wrote Uncaged Wallflower, I kind of touched on it a little bit there, but I just knew like I couldn't go on living like that. And so my best advice for people who do have anxiety, um, obviously there's many methods of, you know, dealing with it whether it's taking medication or therapy or counseling or whatever it may be, but things that really worked well for me, one was meditating, just, you know, fully clearing my mind and not allowing myself to um, overthink things because a lot, that's mostly where my anxiety comes from. It's just a lot of overthinking. So if I can really clear my head and not allow, you know, my mind to just wander to the worst possible scenarios, that's kind of, you know, my, what I do. But again, everyone's kind of different and needs different um, ways of coping with it. And because there are so many different types of anxiety, I mean, there's social anxiety, which again, like I said, I wouldn't have been able to do something like this in the past because I had really bad social anxiety. And then along with that, like you said, with the self-love, I feel like growing up, it's just like people it's a habit of just comparing yourself to others and like for men and for women and especially now with social media I feel like it's even easier to play that game of like look at their life versus my life and just really feel down about yourself and so I wanted a way to just you know incorporate and be truly honest and authentic about my journey with self-love and you know how like body image issues or you know like I posted a picture on Instagram of my like my stretch marks and that was like my most liked photo which sounds crazy because you'd think like everyone wants 
like a perfect picture on Instagram and, and that's what they think will get the most likes. And I've post pictures like without me wearing makeup and I go on my stories without wearing makeup. And I'm just like, I, I feel like my way of sharing about my journey with self-love is just being really authentic on my social media and in my real life with how, you know, I carry myself and how I act about my appearance, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I don't want people to think that, you know, they have to compare themselves to everyone online or in real life for that matter. And so I just want to give that encouragement to people. That's so good. And I, I think that is such an issue. And this is, seems to come up a lot on my podcast in a few different episodes. But I think everybody is so just stuck on looking at, you know, other people's Instagrams and other people's journeys and where they are and how they're doing. And I think we just sort of intrinsically feel like failures all the time because, you know, we don't look like this person or we don't have what they have or we haven't gotten you know, that far in our own journey yet. And so I love that a lot of your writing is about that and that your main focus is just to kind of, you know, transform other people's opinions of themselves. Thank you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It definitely is an issue issue now. And, uh, but it's nice that there are so many people out there who are promoting it in a, in a positive way and really talking about, you know, their, their flaws and like what people view as their flaws in a positive way now. Right. I agree. So let's just sort of dive a little more into that. I mean, you know, self-love and and anxiety and all of these things, they really, you know, attribute to our mental health. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, obviously, especially as, you know, entrepreneurs or creatives or anybody who's really trying to do anything, I mean, we really need, you know, strong, positive mental health. So do you have, you know, practices that you do that maybe you do every day or every week that really kind of, you know, strengthen your mental health? I know you talked about, you know, you meditate a lot for your anxiety. What would you recommend that people do just to really, you know, keep a positive outlook on life and, and just stay, you know, really strong mentally? Yeah. So for me, what I do, like you said, I meditate Um, I try to do it as much as like, I try to do it daily, but I don't always do it. Another thing I'm really into is just like journaling, gratitude journaling. So, um, basically, I don't know if it, like, I'm sure a lot of you know who Rachel Hollis is, but she does like, um, the start today journal where you kind of, I think you write five things you're grateful for and then 10 dreams you've made come true. And I really like that because I feel like if you start your day on a positive note saying like things you're grateful for and um, just acknowledging like the good you're doing and the good you're receiving and also the dreams you may come true. Again, that's a positive thing. So I really like doing that. I haven't actually, I just do it in like a regular notebook. So people can go to her Instagram. I think she has like a template of what it says to do, but yeah, you do it every morning just write down five things you're grateful for and 10 dreams made come true. That's really helped me a lot. I just started that recently, but it just starts my day off on a positive note. It just makes me feel happier. And I used to be someone who I, like, I just wasn't optimistic at all when I was probably, I don't know, 18, 19. Now I'm 24. And I'm just honestly, like some of the things I say on a daily basis that are like really positive, cheesy things. I'm like, wow, my 18 year old self would be like, you're super annoying. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like when you're in a really negative mindset, I feel like hearing that positive stuff can be, you know, annoying at times because you just can't relate 
And it's funny because there's certain people who read my books and don't like them. And I noticed there's like a kind of an overarching theme of they are people who negativity affects their life a lot. And I used to kind of get bothered when I'd see, you know, reviews of them not liking my book because they said like, you know, she thinks like too much of the glass half full. She's too optimistic, too positive, um, whatever, like all that stuff. And I remember telling, you know, my boyfriend, like, it's so discouraging to hear people not like my books for that reason. And he would always say, you know, they're the people who probably need it the most, even if they think they don't like it. A lot of times they're the ones who need to hear those words, because that's just how I would have been at 18. Like, I would have read my book and been like, oh, gosh, like, what does like, obviously, it's easy to say, like, be happy. And, you know, things are going to be better. And but like to actually experience it is a different thing. And so I know when I put my books out there, maybe they're not always received in the best way by people who aren't in the like the most positive state of mind and really are battling with either anxiety or depression or whatever it may be. But at least it's getting to them and maybe they didn't like it, you know, this year, but maybe next year it'll really sink in with them that they can truly they they truly have the power to better their their lives if they want to. Yeah. And first of all, your boyfriend sounds very smart. And I mean, if the worst review you've ever gotten is that you're too positive and optimistic, then I think you're doing okay. <laughs> oh, I've gotten worse, but those are just some of them. <laughs> I've gotten like a thick skin now. Right. Well, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head though. I think I was sitting here shaking my head. I'm thinking the same thing. Like my 18 year old self and God, especially like my 14 or 16 year old self would just roll my eyes yeah. at the things that I say and the things that I do now. And I do the start today journal from Rachel Hollis too. And you're right. It's, I mean, it really makes you come from a place of gratitude instead of kind of the negative space that you may normally be in. And, you know, my 16 year old self would have thought, oh my gosh, like this is the dumbest practice ever. And so I think I think you're really right that, you know, after you've had a few years of you're away from your parents or, you know, whoever raised you and you're out of high school and, mm -hmm. and you start to really sort of make it on your own. I think once you've had a few years of that and really gotten to experience the world in some way, and maybe, you know, you've been through something, I think you really start to appreciate things like gratitude journals and yes. some of the inspirational things that other people say that, your younger self really just would have kind of scoffed at. Yes. No, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any other advice to women on just, you know, self-love and self-worth? And I mean, how do you, how do you keep that up? I mean, especially as a best-selling author, I'm sure you've got a good following and you've got a decent audience. And I mean, how do you just continue to show up for them over and over and over, you know, even on the days where maybe your anxiety is hitting you a little hard or, you know, it's just everything's not going perfectly? Yeah. So the thing I really like about the audience I have on social media is I feel like they really understand that when I'm going to show up online, like it's my 100% authentic self. So there's posts I've made for like, hey, like my anxiety isn't that great today. And I don't have, you know, I don't have the best advice today, but this is what's going on. And I'm just being real with you guys. And a lot of the times it's just received so well, because I, I don't want people to just come to my Instagram and think like, wow, like she has 
this life that has no issues. She doesn't have any struggles. Like I would never want to paint that picture um, because everyone has struggles and issues and things they're battling. And I think the bigger audience you grow, if you are painting this picture for them that, you know, you have this perfect life and perf like you just view, you know, perfect body. Like I don't have like I don't battle with anxiety or depression or anything like that. And I just talked solely about like, Hey, buy my book or Hey, <laughs> uh, read this poem or whatever. I think it would make my writing way less authentic because what's happening is, is people are, most of my readers are finding me on social media first, then buy my book. So they kind of already have a backstory of who I am and they're really going into it reading, you know, my book about I'm more than my nightmares with like, okay, like this, girl who talks about having anxiety and battling with it she wrote this versus like you know coming to my instagram having no idea i have anxiety and then buying that book it'd be like oh like you know what does she know because they wouldn't know i'm struggling with that and so i i like to keep you know my audience aware of the things that are happening in my life and i've kind of stick to like a theme like you said it's a lot about self-love body image is a huge thing for me too. Um, and then anxiety, but yeah, I just, I just really like showing up authentically. I love that. And I, I think everybody's kind of looking for something to believe in, if yeah. that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Especially like on Instagram, you know, we said earlier, you know, everybody's got that comparisonitis going on as soon as you open the app. And so I feel like, you know, when you come across somebody like you, who's showing the the less pretty side of things and, and saying, you know, here I am, I'm showing up with anxiety or I'm showing mm -hmm. up on my bad days. I think, you know, that gives people hope that it's going to get better. So I feel like everybody's not necessarily looking for a hero, but just looking for somebody who they can relate to on some kind of level yeah. who's telling them that it's going to be okay. So it's awesome that you are that person for so many people. Thank you. Yeah. And I just think, you know, now it's becoming less about, at least for me, and it seems like a lot of other people, it's less about, you know, following people for the pretty pictures and more following people for what they have to say behind the pictures. And so, I don't know, I just think that's really important too, as a writer myself and someone who does have influence over some people, um, to really make sure that I'm using my captions as, a, as an opportunity to tell more of a, a story and a, a true story at that. Yeah, that's so good. So, so good. Thank you. Well, I have a little lightning round at the end of every episode. So are you ready? Sure. Okay. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? So the first thing I do, well, this kind of just changed from the new year because I had some goals. So the first thing I do now is I wake up at 6.15 and I listened to my affirmations, which basically what I did is I say, so for those of you who don't know, affirmations are like, I am mastery or I am success or I am beautiful, things like that, like I am. And so I recorded myself saying like a list of, I don't know, 80 or something like that. And I just play that recording in my ears. Like I just put in my earbuds are they even called earbuds anymore? <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> um, put those on and then I listen to them for probably like 30 minutes, just kind of like close my eyes, meditate, 
and then wake up in the day. And then I do a little bit more meditation, stretching, that type of stuff. And then I do my gratitude journaling. So that's kind of like my first couple of things I do every morning now. I wish I had your morning dedication. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a new year. So we're on day like, what is it? 11. So yeah, (laughs) I'm hoping to stick with it. It's like I said, this just started on January 1st. So right. Ask me in like a month and we'll see. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Still though, I'm like, I'm not a morning person at all. So oh, okay. just to get up and do the, the gratitude journal is like hard enough. <laughs> yeah. See, like I'm like a grandma, like I like, I'm really tired, like really early. And then I wake, so then I wake up really early. But again, like if my 18 year old self heard me saying that she'd be like, what on earth? Cause I would stay up till like 3am writing Yes, and then wake up, somehow wake up early too, to like go to school or go to work. I had no idea how I survived off of three hours of sleep, but right? somehow. Right. <laughs> I feel the same way. So I'm like, I don't know what we were on when we were in high yeah. school, but I think we all did it. And I'm like, how did we survive? I I don't know. I say that all the time. I'm like, I don't know how I did it. I don't. Yep. That's awesome. So what is your go-to snack during the workday? Um, that's a good question. I'm not. I guess I'm not really like a big snacker, but I'm obsessed with those Dots pretzels. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're from like North North Dakota brand or South Dakota brand. Ooh. They're really good. I don't know. They, I, you can get them at Target doesn't have them anymore, but I think you can get them at any grocery store. They're so, so good. They have like the best seasoning on them. I don't know. Those are like my favorite right now. I've been buying like a one pound bag a week because my, <laughs> my boyfriend and I like eat them so quickly, but they're really good. Otherwise that, or I really like grapefruit. I'm obsessed with grapefruit. Okay. There you go. Really random things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah. What is one item that you absolutely cannot live without that you recommend to everybody? Oh, that I recommend? Um, hmm. I guess... Well, I was going to say a pen, but I need paper. So (laughs) I don't know how I could have one thing. I I don't like some way to write. So either, I guess a pen. I think everyone needs a pen. Yeah. Who doesn't need a pen? There you go. I'm the person who like hand writes a lot of things still. Right. Like like if I digital calendars online, like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel as satisfying to me to like type. They do not work for me. They do not work for me at all. Yeah. I'm the same way. And so even like I have a whiteboard in front of me that has like Sunday through Saturday um, that I can write on. And I like that because again, I'm writing versus like, I don't know. Typing is just not as satisfying. So I'm a pen person. (laughs) I love it. I totally agree. And Hey, if you don't have paper, just, you know, write on your hand. Yeah. And I'm very particular about like pens too. Like they have to be I don't know. It's these like weird, like ink felt tip pens. I'm very specific. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what is your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh man. Um, my favorite. Okay. I'm probably just going to say a piece of advice. Cause I don't want to misquote anyone. Cause I even sometimes misquote my own poems, <laughs> but um, piece of advice. I would just say, you know, focus on your own journey. I mean, I, that's just like, I feel like it goes back to the comparison thing, but it's so true. Like I'm so focused on what I'm doing personally and like professionally, obviously like I'm always thinking of other people and helping them in any way that I can, but 
I just have 100% stopped comparing like what I'm doing to what other people are doing, especially when you're an author, like it's so easy to be like, wow, like look at them. They signed with this publishing company or they sold this, this many books or they're this person posted about their book or like, I don't know. It's just so easy to compare what's going on with other people. And so I've just, yeah, my, the best piece of advice I have been given, I've, somebody has said this to me or I don't know how I learned it, but just focusing on my own journey and not taking in too many other people's opinions. (laughs) I love that. That's so good. And that's, I think that's a classic piece of advice, you know, like it's just, it's never bad advice for anybody, no matter where you're at, what season you're in. I think it's always good advice. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, where can everybody find you? So, you know, your website, your social media, definitely tell everybody where they can buy your books. Just give us all the details. Sure. Yeah. So um, my website is com, And then my Instagram is JanaeCecilia. Uh, everything's the same. All of it's Twitter. And then my books um, you can find on amazon.com. You can just search my name there. Um, Otherwise the titles, Uncaged Wallflower, I'm More Than My Nightmares, Bright Minds, Empty Souls, I'm More Than a Daydream, and Dear Me at 15. So they also are at some Barnes and Nobles. Um, I never know how many. They don't tell me. They'll just show up places. (laughs) So you can always check your local Barnes and Noble as well and see. They have them. And the Amazon bookstore, they were there for a while as well. Last I heard, there were still some copies there, but I, again, I'm not sure for certain, but you can always find them on Amazon. Awesome. And we will link to those in the show notes as well. So if you guys want to check them out and purchase one, definitely check out the show notes and grab one of her books. So Janae, thank you so much for being here and just sharing a little bit of your wisdom on, you know, self-love and mental health and just encouraging everybody and continuing to show up for so many people. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. That's it for this time, ladies. But if you have just a minute, it would make my day if you would write a review and share how much you love this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the best of the best. If you're not already subscribed to the newsletter or following along on Instagram, you can find me at Haley Luckadoo on all social media and at HaleyLuckadoo.net for this episode's show notes, the blog, the shop, and pretty much all the good stuff. I'll be bringing you a new episode very soon, but until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.